the website that gives you some real excitement without charging you by the minute. It really is a lot of fun. TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome back. If you'd like to call in for a reading, we're at 1-800-336-2225. Hope you're having a nice July 4th weekend. Who's next? So the third American, um, his story is, uh, he walks around this lifetime and he's jinxed. He's at a standstill. In other words, any flow that tries to happen around him just goes to a standstill. And the past life reason for this is, he wouldn't flow with anybody or anything. He was just like a loner, obnoxious, an island unto himself. And, you know, the community, the family or whatever, he was just uh, harsh, rigid, rough, uh, non-fluid, non-joining. And so this is sort of forcing him to sort of go along with things uh, and uh, go with their flow. This is forcing right. him to go with their flow, which is exactly what he needs. Columbia man uh, who uh, was imprisoned, or um, I, guess, I guess that's what you call it, hostage. Um, when I look into his soul, you know, way into his soul pattern, stiff-necked, follow rules, owned by the book, whatever the book says, that's what we do, past life unbudging rigidness and very, very, very proper by the rules. thing for him is learn to be more fluid. In other words, um, you can't just do your thing and do it proper. And, and you know, you, I, When I was tuning into this guy, I felt his judgment about them all over the place, but there's nothing he could do about it. So he had to let go of his judgments, and there's no way that he could be um, proper and go by any book because the only book that was left is survive. So, you know, I'm sure it worked on him to actually advance his soul. Last one in this, another Colombian, Colombian soldier. Now, this guy, when I go into his energy field this lifetime, this is what you call remote being. We were going to do a show on remote viewing on a book called Opening to the Infinite with Stephen Schwartz, but he couldn't make it tonight, so we're going to slip a little on the side of remote remote something. <laughs> <laughs> so I do remote B. I go there and I read their mind, read their energy, that kind of thing. So this lifetime, he reminds me like of Barack Obama. You know, uh, he's trying to talk his way through anything, and he talks out both sides of his mouth. He slips and slides every which way, and he's just a gifted talker, but it didn't work. He couldn't talk his way out of this one. In past life, which is uh, somewhat of, it's a little different, he's an over-controller. He's a, a, an exact, acute perfectionist. Everything has to be in order to the extreme. So this guy has to have everything neat and tidied through and or he is such a controller that he can uh, fast-tongue his way through anything. And so what do you think him being a captive and wondering if he's going to be alive the next day and his words meant nothing and they kept doing torturous things and he particularly talks to talks about their feet are all infected and everything and cut up and they, they uh, have boots there but they won't let them wear them and then they march them through the forest barefooted getting all kinds of dirt and filth and cuts and everything more 
And uh, so this guy couldn't be this fastidious perfectionist person, couldn't have everything in order, and he couldn't slip and slide and slurp his tongue every which way to out-talk out them. And so, you know, he's being benefited because these addictions and powers that he had and, and ways that his whole way of being was uh, and used them to survive, he can't get anywhere with those. So those are wearing down and not getting him anywhere, so he has to let go of them. Do you realize when, you know, four years, 12 years, they all were there for different amounts of time. Do you realize how profoundly in, in great, you know, like ingrained these experiences become in your soul? They, they don't ever go away. You are never ever the same. Not at this level. Not at this level. And so the souls have said, we're going to break these patterns. We're going to alter these patterns one way or the other, and this experience is going to do it. Now, here's the thing. Anybody in any kind of thing like this, if you can bring yourself out and say, I wasn't a victim. This happened for a reason. I'm changed. Let's take the positive changes that happened, and let's slough off the negative and move forward. You know, you don't have to worry about the people that were uh, the hostage uh, keepers <laughs> because they just co-created themselves a future where they're going to get to learn that how they treated these human beings was not what you do. So they've already co-created their future. You don't need to worry about it. They're going to they're going to get their opportunity to learn that you don't treat human beings like that. So all you have to do as one of these hostages is uh, learn how to release your your negative emotions of these people. Accept that it was happening within perfection. See what the underlying uh, lessons were and go forward. That's right. There are no accidents. So, you know, I expected these people to be sort of gangsters that, you know, in the past life, but I didn't get that. I got these other uh, mostly out of control kind of things. So that was interesting to me. I didn't expect that. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. If you'd like to call in, we're at 1-800-336-2225. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Well, we have one more what-if to do tonight, and this is a young man who got bit by a shark. Yikes. Mm. You know, we this all... This is recent, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know when. It's fairly recent. And I, um, you know, we often tell stories about uh, the perfection of, like, this young man could have easily been killed, like, just easily. Yeah, for su- instance, surprising he wasn't, you know, a shark flipping him around out in the ocean. He did. Throwing him. Yeah. You know, this uh, this shark um, m- nearly punctured one of his lungs and missed his aorta by two millimeters. You folks know how much two millimeters is? It isn't much. <laughs> Which says that if he was supposed to have died, he would have died. If he was supposed to have died... It wouldn't have missed it by two millimeters. You That's know, right. God does this all the time. You know, here's another great example of um, one of these. If he was supposed to have died, he would have died. This is uh, a story about uh, President Reagan when he was shot by a bullet. And here's what it says about him. 
At the FBI ballistics lab, tests revealed that this bullet that had pierced into President Reagan, which had rested within an inch of the president's heart, was a specially designed bullet used for big game hunting. You know, I just want to add that before I read further, the fact that people use this kind of bullet is absolutely unbelievably disgusting. People that do this sort of thing are um, haven't opened their hearts yet to even be doing this sort of thing. But anyway, the bullet was aptly named the Devastator because it was made to flatten out and cause maximum damage as it ripped its way through a body. Isn't that awful? It's sick. It it's shows sick. the intent behind it. Well, not only what their intent was with President Reagan, but even your intent with animals. I mean, can't we do this humane when we're going to do this? Why do we have to be so ugly and brutal? I'll tell you, when you treat animals ugly and brutal like that, you're not faring your future well either because we have no business mistreating animals. Even if we're using them for food, we have an obligation to treat all of God's creation kindly. And if we're not doing it, your day will come where you will pay that karma. In addition to the tip of the bullet, in addition, the tip of the bullet was filled with a chemical called lead azide which was designed to explode upon secondary contact with something hard, like a bone. As it exploded, it would cause additional damage to a six-inch area of a person's body. The chemical alone is a toxic poison. So dangerous is this kind of bullet that one of them exploded while an FBI ballistics expert was examining its identical bullet in the lab. Thankfully, he was wearing a safety goggles and escaped injury. Still, amazingly enough, the bullet did not explode in President Reagan's chest, President Reagan's chest, even though Jerry Parr had landed on him in the limousine and Dr. Aaron had probed for it with his fingers. Now, <laughs> that's divine providence if I've ever heard it. Yeah. I mean, he was clearly not supposed to die, and he didn't. You know, this is angels and other guides that are right there in the middle of the uh, ER room or in the middle of right there when the bullet goes in him, protecting that bullet from doing what it was supposed to do, which was explode and destroy him. You know, that reminds me of a very, very interesting story. Um, uh, President Tyler... Um, he, he fought in the French and Indian Wars, uh, I think, in the late, let's see, 1800s. Let's see, 18, 1900s, 1780s, 90s, somewhere in there. And uh, he was a great warrior, and, and later on he became a president. And um, um, he uh, he fought against Tecumseh and his brother, and, and I think he killed his uh, Tecumseh, or he slaughtered a bunch of the, the Indian people in one of the wars. And so Tecumseh's brother was a really extreme level, extraordinary level medicine man and put a curse on him. And on all the, um, all the presidents born on the... Um, Zero, like, you know, the last number of the year would be zero, like um, 1820, 1840, 1860. Whoever was elected on that year, like Lincoln was elected on 1860, they would be, they would die in office. And that happened 
up until Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan, and you know, he was he was assassinated, but he didn't die. I mean, there was an assassination attempt, but that's what broke that curse. It went from the early 1800s from Tyler, who died in office. I believe that's the right name. Tippy Canoe and Tyler too. So I think that was him. So um, so that curse went, and everyone who was elected on the the zero the I don't know how you say it, up until President Reagan, and then President Reagan lived. And that's something. And, you know, maybe should have died if he didn't have intervention. So he must have broken the, the, the spell. Uh, the spell. Yeah. And he had the power to do that. Well, he was a very good man. He was a very and, good and man. And he did a tremendous good for the earth. I mean, uh, freed, how, you know, half a billion people in, in um, uh, Eastern Europe. Yep. What an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. Man. That was from that man. And, you know, there was some help, but that was uh, the core of it was from him. You know, this uh, shark attack is kind of interesting because um, it was six bottlenose dolphins that basically saved his life. Jeez. He had, there were a couple of guys around there, too, that came in um, after the the dolphins actually kept uh, nose budding. The uh, the shark until great white shark right huh? until he they finally let him go and then they surrounded him so that the shark couldn't uh, get back to him and then his friends came in got him on a boat and got him uh, not on a boat on his uh, surfboard and got him out of there. You know I believe that you or me or, or um, a great white shark you know if the dolphin meant to blast their sonar into your cells and into your brain it could really disorient you right so this young man actually lived for adrenaline rushes that's what his whole life was about at the age of 24 when this happened just live for adrenaline rushes like going out and surfing and that was his whole big deal and out of this experience he turned around and started supporting some good causes and you know doing something a little bit more substantial with his life but what was the read on him uh, let me see his name just a second here. Um, this guy, let's see, he's sort of like not paying attention and just doing his whims, and, and um, he loves surfing. It's his casual recreation, and it makes his life go around it. He hangs loose, and he really doesn't have much of a meaningful direction but there's way more in him. But he's just sort of like, you know, I, I don't know anything about his habits, but he reminds me of, of somebody on drugs or, or, or on alcohol. It's just like you're sort of numb and dazed going through life and doing what pleases you. Uh, and that's what he, he felt like he was doing is just like, you know, not really paying attention enough. And he was a, if he was paying attention enough, I think this was a shark-infested area. You know, they were warned. Is that right? Yes. I didn't read this. So he's not paying attention. He's not taking things seriously. You know, it's like I can just go do what I want, hang loose, feel like doing this. I do this, do that. And so this, uh, you know, this kicked him, kicked him to another level of paying attention, getting serious, and maybe finding some meaning with his life. You know, his life was just going nowhere. Right. He was young, but, I mean, some of us are are going somewhere by that age already. And basically, he lived for one adrenaline high to the next. 
out of this experience, he is, um, he says of the dolphins, uh, they are as smart as humans and I believe they're capable of empathy. When I was being attacked that day, maybe they were trying to protect their young or acting on instinct, but they drove the shark away. If they hadn't, there's no doubt in my mind that it would have come back. And he's right, it would, they would have come back. Yeah. It was quite amazing. You know, dolphins are amazing creatures. There are many times when they uh, help save people. This reminds me about three or four months ago, I had a, a seal out in the wild come and hug me. Yeah, I was swimming, and I'm going, what is this? It's just a soft, loving little guy. And then I'm looking down, and I have my snorkel on, and he's swimming upside down about a foot from my head, just giggling, looking right in my eyes. So funny. I didn't quite know what to expect. So, little sweetie. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, with more to come after the break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 